Wednesday, guys. That's right, I'm back, straight busted out of Mexico. Straight busted out of Mexico. Your boy Bill T is back, and I'm joined today in the studio with George T. What up? And Jason Dunkel. Hey there. And we decided we're going to do a roundtable to let you know where Bill T has been. But before we do that, we got to talk about those people that support Let's Talk Dubs podcast, and I, pr- I appreciate you guys. We have Andrew Hawthorne out of North Saanich, BC, supported the podcast by buying some gear, and also Tom Brown out of Corona, California, supported the podcast by picking up some gear. If you want to support your favorite podcast, make sure you go to letstalkdubs.com, go to go to the store, pick up some gear, buy a sticker pack, do whatever you got to do, or you know what, come and see me at the next show that we're going to be at, and we'll make sure we get you guys laced up in some Let's Talk Dubs gear. Now, let's get into uh, upcoming events, because... We're going to be at some upcoming events, and I want to see you guys there. So first coming up, one of the events coming up, well, I'm not guaranteed I'm going to be there, but I definitely want to promote it, is going to be the Bugarama event that's going to be taking place. Hang on one second. May 28th. May 28th. Sacramento. In Sacramento. It's going to be held where they typically hold the Bugarama, which is at the Sacramento Raceway. Um, let me see here. Hang on one second. Now, as far as upcoming events, the first event I want to remind you guys of is Bugarama 87. It's going to be May 28th and 29th at Sacramento Raceway. It's brought to you by CB Performance and the guys at Bugformance and the other sponsors that are supporting it, MP, BRS, Pierside Parts, and uh, Sierra Volks, and Carcraft. So make sure, also West Coast Metrics, one of the sponsors, make sure you guys support the guys at Bugarama 87 if you're up there in Northern California. Even if you're in Southern California, Las Vegas, Reno, any of the surrounding areas, head over to Bugarama 87. It's going to be May 28th and 29th. Now, after that, you guys all know the classic is back. And I'm super stoked because that entire weekend is jam-packed. But MP presents the classic at the Orange County Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa on June 5th. And it's going to be a weekend full of stuff. Kicks off Friday during the day at Pierside Parts for their annual open house. They'll have a taco. They'll have a little taco truck there. They'll be getting things done. So go down and see the guys over at Pierside Parts. Those dudes are rad. And later on that night, you got the DKP at Downtown Garden Grove. Then on Saturday, first thing in the morning, you got Octo kicking off. Then after Octo, you've got the Rare Vintage Air meet in Huntington Beach. The car show is going to be taking place in Huntington Beach. And then to top it all off, you have the VW Classic that's taking place Sunday, June 5th. And you know why it's so special? It's the day before my birthday. So I better see you suckers down there. The big 5-0. The big 5-0 I turned this year. And uh, we're going to be making sure that we see as many of you guys as possible. There's also going to be uh, everything is at the host hotel, which is. And you guys come hang out with us in the parking lot at the formerly the Windham, but now it's called the Senesta in Irvine, California. So if you guys need room, make sure you call 1-800-767-3782 and use the code CLASSIC22 for special rates. If you guys have been listening to the podcast at all, you guys have been hearing about the host hotel in the parking lot. That's like a car show and a hangout just by itself. So the whole Let's Talk Dubs crew will be there. All of us Vegas guys will be there like forever. And so we're coming down and we're going to be hanging out there. So it's a great time. I'm super stoked. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys down there now. Let's get down to business. Oh, did we talk about my people? 
We talk about my guys, yes. my guys that purchase some stuff. Did we do our? Uh, you didn't do your rates. Oh, at the end, we'll do our uh, reviews. We'll do a couple of reviews. So stick around to the end. If you reviewed the podcast, you get a shout out at the end of the podcast. Now, let's get into it. So where has Bill been for the past 60 days? Well, as you guys know, every year I take a little trip down to Mexico. And uh, I happen to be a fan of the Second Amendment. And so I, I, I reserve that right for myself. And I don't, I'm not saying anything to be political. I'm just telling you guys that I'm a fan of it. And I know the laws of the other country. And it just so happened to be that I went down to Mexico and happened to uh, check my truck before I left. And I looked for my Second Amendment right. I didn't find it. Wasn't where it normally is. So I figured we had the all clear to go to Mexico. I went down to Mexico. Coming back through the border. Um, before the border, there's a military checkpoint. Knowing that my truck was clear, <clears throat> I hopped out of my truck, let them do their thing. And unbeknownst to me, it happened to be in my glove box where I normally never keep it. And uh, that seemed to cause a whole big uh, catastrophic situation for me, which unfortunately with the one that I, one in particular that I brought, it is uh, considered military grade over there. And that ended up going into a whole tailspin for me, which ended up uh, with me being incarcerated there at the penitentiary in Mexicali, uh, Mexico, Baja, California. And I got in there, and once I got in there, um, I thought things were, were going to get resolved. And in the first court day, things went from bad to worse. And so it extended my stay. But I have to be thankful because a lot of guys that I met in there, uh, they've been in there substantially longer than I have. <clears throat> and um, so I was down there for a little bit, and I ended up doing uh, 58 days down there until I was able to get out and uh, cost me a small fortune to get home, but I'm home, I'm safe now, and that's kind of where I've been. And the reason I brought George and Jason in the studios, I thought, well, people may have questions. And so in respect to general questions, I got George and Jason here, and they may come up with the questions that some of you guys may have. And if you guys find that we want to do a deep dive into this particular topic, um, it would take about five podcasts to go through the whole process. But George and Jason are here to ask any kind of questions that the average person might have about my situation. But basically, I went down to Mexico. Uh, my pistol's in a different location that I didn't check, a different secured location uh, because I had it in there. It's a uh, federal offense, no bail available, and you've got to court your way out. And <clears throat> shocker to everybody, it only they only run on one type of fuel over there. And it's not unleaded, it's corruption. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> that was the only way out of there. And all the rumors you hear are true, and I had to buy my way out. And it's, a, it's an unfortunate circumstance. I've been going for years. I go down there to do a service project and ride my side-by-sides, and we go down there and help a couple of schools and stuff. And unfortunately, uh, um, I don't know if I will be going back. I'm all done. My record's completed. Uh, no probation, no anything. I'm done. I hope uh, you wouldn't go back. I don't think, I'm, I don't think I have the... Um, you definitely don't have the green light for Megan. I can tell you. No, that no, right no, now. no, no. It's not even that. My wife. I mean, my my wife. My wife went through a, an entire. The gravity in her world had completely eliminated when I made a phone call and said, "Hey, I'm getting arrested." She thought I was joking, and uh, when when in in the circumstance when I first got apprehended by the military police, they caught they they, they found they found it in at the military checkpoint about eighty miles for eighty miles. Uh, south of Mexicali 
I rode in the back of a military pickup truck with the armed military guys for 80 miles on the highway until they brought me into the, um, they, they call it the general fiscal uh, of the, uh, like the federal fiscal. They have a, a state fiscal for the state prosecutor, and then they have the, the, uh, the general. So that's where I was. And uh, anyway, I spent three days there, went to court. Uh, after that court, that's when they, took, they take you straight to the penitentiary. And uh, in the penitentiary, the only thing they supply is the food, the water, and the block wall. Everything else you got to, your family's got to pay for all that stuff. I met a lot of I met a lot of good dudes in there um, that got caught up on a bad way, and because of their circumstances, they're unable to get out. Whether they had a lawyer that burned them, or I mean, there's just you know. It sounds like the entire situation <coughs> there is just a mess. It is meaning like uh, it. <coughs> I was making the reference that it's like a glue trap. Like you're in it, even when you're getting out of it, you're still covered in glue, and it's very difficult to get out of it. Like there isn't a smooth process to get out of it. Yeah, and so, and that's one of the things I've been thinking about. One of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a web page that just kind of says, you know, what to do if a loved one. Because there's two reasons Americans get stuck in Mexico, and it's weed and guns. Because in here we've got weed is legal and guns Especially are legal. Especially California on a, count, on a border state, it's like weed yeah, is legal and guns are legal, yeah, yeah. and people go there. There's a 23 year old kid that was in my cell. He had, uh, he was going to be down there for a couple months. And you know, now that weed is legal, people yeah. like to puff quite a bit. And uh, instead of a couple cartons of cigarettes, he decided to take half a pound of weed with him. And they got him crossing the border and tagged him with distribution. Now he's he's looking at a charge of uh, six eight six years eight months. So um, my original charge was. And it's kind of confusing down there. And, and, and to give some people some insight so that you know what's going on, the reality of how you work yourself out of there from, from my summarization is that, and that's the reason I'm putting the website together, so that if something like this happens and someone else's wife, wife is like trying to figure out what to do, at least my website will tell you, this is what's really happening. These are the things you need to look out for. Because everybody... My wife got a call from no less than 60 people that said, I know a guy. I can help. Yeah. It was everybody knew a guy. Well, and the, Everybody was contacting me and like, you need to have him talk to my guy. And it was not one person. It's everybody. Right. And, and so the, the issue is, and, and that's the, the solution out of there is you've got to find, uh, you've got to be able to deal with the, um, the individual themselves. And the closer you get to that individual that you've got to, that you've got to access your freedom from the less people in between you and him, the more it's going to cost you what it really costs you. I mean, there was another guy that came in. You mean the more people between you and that, the more, the more, the more people, everybody, the closer you can get to that gentleman, the less it's going to cost. Correct. So, and and that's kind of the situation, right? So the, the situation is everybody that knows a guy, they all know a guy. So it's like, Oh yeah, I know a guy. I'll finally figure out who your guy is. And every step of the way it goes up. 10, 15 grand or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And so <coughs> they're also, um, you know, people see it as an opportunity to make some money off of, off of people from the U S because every, everything, <clears throat> any locals that are going through the same thing, their charges, their, their cost is the same, but it's in pesos, which is 20 to one. So it costs them 20 times less to get out because they just figure they don't have it, uh, to get out. So they'll, you know, they're like, okay, it's, uh, I, I sat next to a guy, who was there in an attempted murder, stabbed a guy at a party, and he's like, yeah, my bail is $3,000. i am like, 3000 to get out, $3,000? He's no, 3000 pesos. 
So three, the fastest way to do the math is you drop off a zero and cut that number in half. So you take it that 3,300, cut that in half, it's $150. $150 he gets out for attempted murder. And he's still so, and he's in jail. He can't, he can't and, come yeah, up with you it. knew when Bill paid, you'd think he murdered a fleet of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it, 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 I mean, I could have built another mega show car for what it cost yeah. me to get out of there. And and uh, <clears throat> there's there's lots of reasons. There, there's multiple reasons why, which is one of the reasons why I'm going to put a web page together. It just puts an outline of how to try to help your, I mean, the, the first 48 hours are the most critical. Those it, are absolutely the most critical and, and trying to find an attorney that knows the guy that's arresting you, like knows that particular prosecutor. So outsider looking in, mm-hmm. being on this end of it, mm-hmm. I thought it was super strange when one of the first things they're asking for was your company financials. Like they wanted your company financials. They wanted your tax returns. Yeah. They were asking for all this information like the first week. They wanted it. They wanted company financials. The lawyers when, were? When the, we wrote, no. And then when, no, they were asking. Megan at least was smart enough to just give them your tax returns. They wanted your company financials from what she was telling me. So uh, when we were writing these letters, they told Megan to stress that he pays his taxes. His business is doing very well and blah, blah, blah. No, like we were supposed no, to write no, these no, letters no, that no. Th- this is out. This is my story. No, this no, is no, about yeah. what the perspective I know, what I was being told and what I was doing. Right. And the letters that we were supposed to write were supposed to be somewhat beneficial to, to show that you're, that he's, he, he's uh, a, a good businessman who pays his taxes. What they kept saying, like that he pays his taxes. Like that was something really important with him. You know, but no, uh, there's your tax returns have nothing to do with it. What, but what they're looking for is yeah, look for how, how much, much can you fleece somebody if, for? If yeah. you if you have a legit lawyer, you're legit. Like I said, there was another guy that came in was going fishing. He he's, he owns a place down there for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Was going fishing with his wife and kids. He was bringing his boat. It was a typical going to Baja for the weekend, going down to San Felipe. He crossed the border. He got he he was he was out shooting with his son. Uh, a week or two before, he had his pistol in the center console. The dog, they pushed him to secondary. The dog sniffed it out. They latched him up. They towed his stuff. They sent his wife and kids back across the border. And uh, he had he had a decent attorney down there, and, and they said, uh, send 20 grand and we'll get you home. And he was one week on the first floor, three weeks, and two days on the second floor. Did somebody you were in there with? Mm-hmm. It was the, it was <coughs> It was literally the fastest I saw anybody get yeah. out of there. You know what I mean? Because he had a good lawyer. Like someone <clears throat> well, actually he, knew the he system. Had, he, had an honest, he had an honest lawyer, and the lawyer yeah. the lawyer knew the people that, you know, he needed to deal with. So, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's it's a it's a sad situation, you know, because they really they really go after people for, you know, they try to assess where you're at, what you're worth, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they see an American license plate, and it's just like a cash sign. You know? And not to mention your Dodge is pretty nice, yeah. and you got this Can-Am on the back, and... I mean, it's yeah. to us, it's nothing. We don't think about it, but to there, just see that rig there. Hmm, this dude's got money. Well, they just assume, they just assume everybody from the states has money because yeah. over there, it's it. it well, over, in 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 comparison, everybody does have money over there. Yeah, if you're there, if someone's yeah. in jail yeah. for 150 yeah. bucks and they can't get out, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that, over that's there, big. over there, it's so it, you know because the system is so corrupt, it's difficult for anybody to have to to kind of get ahead. You can get by. But to get ahead, making an honest living is a, is a, is a struggle, and I feel for the people there, um, and that's why. And you can see from a firsthand, like why they're trying to get here so bad. Oh yeah, no, no I mean there's no question. Even to be illegal here is probably easier 100%. than being a legal resident 100%. citizen there, because from what I heard, they do the same thing to their own citizens. 
Yeah, 100%. If you're traveling from city to city, you're going to have to pay two to three people along the way that pull you over, stop you or whatever, sure. even if you're local. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's a, and I don't want to get too wrapped around the axle on that aspect of it, but at the end of the day, you know, when, when I was arrested, they asked me, um, you know, how much, what's your freedom worth? Yeah, they tried you to shake you mean? down right away, right? 100%. Yeah. So, and I don't want to get too much into that, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, I'm home. I'm thankful for being home. I don't appreciate, you know, that happening. You know, and I'm sure somebody's out there like, well, you shouldn't have broke the law. Like, yeah, that's like saying you shouldn't forget your car keys. Yeah, I'll make sure never to forget my car keys again. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where like, oh, you know, and, and people are going to say what they're going to say. And I really, you know, like all I'm doing is telling people like, listen, be careful, triple check. Because if you're not a fan of guns, you're probably a fan of weed, or you could be a fan of weed, and you might bring some weed down there with you. Might you. be a fan of both. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and you might end up getting latched up. And when you get latched up, you just be like. And the yeah. problem is, the I think the biggest misnomer is they bring you in there. It's it's the same routine with everybody. The, the game down there is lock you up, bring you to the court, put you in, under investigation, where you're basically on ice, so you get to go in there. Now, <clears throat> we'll talk about the conditions. After the after the first three days, I go to court. Court changes. You looking for your phone? I got it right here. Settle down, George. After the, after the, for an airplane mode. I know. After the uh, after the first time I go to court, then we it goes right into uh, after that court date. After the 48, 48 hours where you have a right to go to court, you go directly to the penitentiary. So it's not a jail; it's a penitentiary. No, there's not like no holding center. It's just right. I, right I'm in jail. a holding cell for three days. That's where they oh, take me first for, for three days. Yeah, and it's and it's basically two concrete bunks, no blankets, no pillows, no anything. They don't supply anything. There's no toilet paper. Um, the toilet. I mean, I couldn't even use the toilet. I mean, I was sick to my stomach. I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I was like, I'm just my whole head's just spinning. Like, well, how in the world is this happening? To me, like I can't believe and the first the first half of the night, I'm just reeling in my head like what I could have done to not do this, and then I kept thinking like what what are you wasting your time thinking about that for? It's it's behind you, but you know what I mean. Like it's totally. just something you can't help but yeah. do. <clears throat> and my voice is a little hoarse because first uh, when I got out last uh, Wednesday night at midnight, you know, first thing in the morning Thursday, which that's strange too. Like yeah, they're released yeah. late at night. Oh, we're gonna release you at eleven o'clock at night. They they lease they release you just before midnight, and it's like in, in the Mexicali Penitentiary is like in the worst. It's in a terrible part of town. So no. if you don't have if you don't have people outside <laughs> waiting for you, I mean you're going out the door. Um, the money that I had on my person that was in my personal property, I didn't get that back. I didn't get my wedding ring back. Uh, my my truck that was an impound. I lost a couple of podcasts that didn't come out yet because I had my, like all of my bags were in there, but they opened up all my bags and took all the electronics out. They took, I think I had my watch. I had a watch in the center console that was going to the repair shop. Um, anything of value, anything that they could sell was taken out of my Gone. vehicle. Yeah, like any strap that I had, like I have two. two you got brand new straps at SEMA when we were there. Well, what I'm saying Gone. is, no, no, no. The, the straps that I have, like all the straps, the extra straps that I have that weren't being used to hold the rig down, all they took all the straps, they took, they took everything. So. Headsets from the Can Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was all <laughs> that stuff. Seriously, was when you were telling me how upset you were, on this end, we were just so happy yeah, to get you just, back yeah. into oh, no, America. Oh no, hundred percent. But could cared less about You know that. the thing, the thing is, it's just the last kick in the teeth. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm, you just do sixty days and you come out and like they yeah, pillage like the, all your stuff. The last yeah. little bit of money you got, they insult took. to injury. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. Boo hoo. I mean. 
You were so salty when you called me that morning, and I was just thinking, like, yeah, he's bro. free. Yeah. <laughs> what is he even worried about? But I, but then I started yeah. to put myself in your shoes going, it, he's been locked up, and he comes out, and he's been disrespected again. Yeah. Well, like, you come out, and, like, even, you're violated here, too. Like, I, this is my space, and you even violated Well, it's not like one. I'm violated by strangers. I'm violated by the authorities. Yeah. It's, it's the people oh, that yeah. are running it are the ones that took all my stuff because they had the keys to my truck. So the first thing that they did is they took the – I had an Apple key fob finder on my, on my key ring. The first thing they do is take that off and leave it in the truck. So that they, so that they could, they somehow, well, disa- find they a- somehow have disabled it. It's been disabled. So, uh, I don't know if they just dumped it in water. I don't know. Smashed it. I don't, I don't, smashed I don't, I don't know. What, is that yeah. what they do? I don't know what they did, but it's, it's been disabled because it's off my radar. All my other stuff, my iPad, my MacBook, and all my stuff that I do my editing, everything with all that stuff. I've gone online and locked it and put a code on there. But, um, at any rate, man, it's, it's all material stuff. It could be replaced. I mean, I think the bigger thing is like the, 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 you know, when I get sent over there the first week that I'm in the penitentiary, I go first floor and, uh, they, they take me to sell. So, so when you, they take your personal clothes, clothes or shoes, all that stuff, and they put it in a bag. I don't know why. I think maybe if you get out in less than a week, it'll be there after a week. They just give it away to everybody. So like my, my, my pants, my shoes, my, my dicky shirt, like everything that I had, that's, they gave it away. So. Somebody got happy. Yeah. So when you're released, did, like Megan when you're released, clothes? they just give you like here's a pair of pants that are about your size, and here's a shirt that's about like your it. size. Like, and not uh, a kid's husband. wardrobe change. Not <laughs> so not only not only do you have to buy all of your own pants, shoes, socks, underwear, all that stuff. When you're in, the, in there, he's talking in about the prison. Yeah. When 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 you when you move up, so let, I might be jumping too fast. So what you come in on the first floor, first floor you're on hold for seven days. Um, the whole time I'm sitting there, it's like there's we go into a six-man cell. There's 18 of us going into that cell. So there's 18 of us in that cell, and I'm thinking, man, this sucks for this holding cell, man. I can't wait you know, until we move. But they're like, yeah, you, you move up upstairs. I'm like, is there less people in each cell upstairs? Because the cells are designed for six people. No, every cell's got 19, 19 to 22 people in each cell. So it's just like. It's just get the dimensions on that room. <coughs> 16, 12, 12 foot wide by sixteen foot deep. Do they do it based on size? Nineteen grown men. They do it yeah. based on size. Men. Like maybe you could get twenty four no. smaller people in one room, or like yeah, you yeah. Know. most of most most of the places like and anything. So we happen to be the the room that I came in has six extra bunks built in it because there's a three foot space here and three foot space there, and the inmates had their family bring in like angle iron and plywood, and then the the inmate workers came and welded up. Three extended the three bunks to the end of the wall, and then there's like a little there's a, a set of bunks that is about three feet away from a pony wall that's perpendicular to the room. That's the space for the bathroom, which is like uh, it's like eight foot. Well, I'd say it's six foot wide by uh, four feet deep. That's the bathroom where there's and a, that exists in that same sixteen by twelve. Yeah, so you footprint. lose so you lose that. So um, and there's. All those people in that room. Yeah. So in our room, there were 12 bunks uh, in those 12 bunks. So the free floor space, there was seven foot by two and a half foot walkway to the bathroom. And then the front of the cell was six feet, six and a half feet deep by five and a half feet wide because we couldn't sleep left. We couldn't sleep like left to right, bunk to bunk. We had to sleep front to back. And then um, it's uh, they serve breakfast at five in the morning and then 
Good for you. You wake up that time, anyways. Well, you don't even alarm clock. No, and you wake bro, up that early. No, I, I, I would get up instantly at five in the morning. But it's like you just, you, you're woken up by them pushing a plastic fifty-five gallon bug, gallon barrel down the, down the hallway in front of all, all twelve cells on that deck, because they're picking up all the trash. So. And this hallway is completely visible because it's a barred wall. Yeah, it's a barred wall. So not a not a brick wall. Brick walls are on your back and sides. Correct. Barred wall in front, like almost like a movie prison. You like would a, see. like a, like your traditional prison. Yeah. yeah. And all the windows, so there's no air conditioning. They have like a swamp cooler, but it's just the blowers on. Pads are optional. Your family has to buy them. And then, well, the, the, you have to have a family up no, there no, no, no. pouring water on the swamp <laughs> no, no, no. too if you want it to be no, cool. No, no, seriously. In all sincerity. They said um, there's another block where, like, once you're sentenced and you're a worker, once you're sentenced, you can become a worker. And then you can work 12, 12 or 14 hours a day. And then when you work, at least the days go by a little quicker, but you can work in the kitchen and laundry or uh, in construction over there. And, excuse me. And, uh, and <clears throat> in the workers' mess hall, so the workers are like in a mess room where there's a bunch of bunks in there and they have hot water. And they're not sharing bunks and stuff like that. But the workers, while I was there, the workers lost their TV. So any TVs that they have, like we had a TV in our cell, the TV is bought by somebody's family, but the TV that was in our room was left by, because you can't take anything with you. Yeah. So it was left by like the last guy that was in the cell. Once it's made it into the prison, it's not coming out, including the clothes you bought as you were just getting to. Correct. The the new vans. They won't let you. The new pants. Well, and you kind of give it, and you kind of give it to people that don't have stuff, because when, when, when I had my family come down to visit me and whatever, and I'd have them bring me something, I'd have them bring me an extra one or another one so that I could give it to the other guy's mom that was there for visits so that he could get it. Because yeah. if they don't bring it and it's not a certain bag or whatever, they're not going to get it. So when, um, when I know this <coughs> way fast forwarding in the story, but when you and I actually spoke a couple of weeks ago, it was the first time we actually talked to each other. Yeah, I called George. I, I was, I, let me tell, let me tell you, I called George. I'm talking to my wife. I'm finally like, I'm finally, I'm, I, I've got a sense of when I'm leaving. So there's some sort of end in the near future because when I, when I couldn't come out, it was impossible to talk to my wife. So I told my wife, I said, Hey, let's call George. I just want to let George know I'm okay. And I called George and, it, and I, like, I'm talking to George, I'm like, George's bill. And then I start getting all of a clamped. And then George start, starts crying. Yeah, and like, George starts crying. And I'm like, stop. I proud to I'm, like, cried like a woman. I'm like, stop crying, you big fat baby. And then like no, no, within no. a he couple of minutes. kept calling me fatty. Yeah. He kept calling me fatty. Well, you know, tell, I lost a bunch why. of weight. And I, because you lost 54 pounds. But let me just say something. Yeah. I've lost a bunch of weight I recently am. in my life. And did I come up to you and go, hey, fatty. Hey, fat grappler. Hey, any of that. Do you see what George's hang up is? Do you see what, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what George's hang up is. I'm in the the worst place in my life, and I'm trying to get my mind out of it and go back to just being normal. So my first instinct was to joke with my brothers, because otherwise we just sat on the phone crying, yeah, and I was just like, I was trying to get. And, no, I and, and I took it as a joke, but I just I got the I but, I got it. But, but going I'm back saying, to what I was saying, when we yeah. spoke on the phone, that was the first you, time you had talked to me. First time you and I had spoken, and, and that's probably day forty. So what did Megan forty five like, something like, like that? Three, no, no, three no. yeah, she just yeah. threw three way at him. So. The f- immediately Bill brings up helping out people inside the prison, helping out this guy. He's like, Hey, did you get me that, that phone mat? And I'm like, no, that was Chuck. And he's like, I need to get some more for some of these guys up here. And I knew right there, like I, my brother was still present. Cause that's the thing I worried about more than anything throughout this whole thing is that we were going to get you back, but you weren't going to be bill. You're going to be jacked up. Cause I didn't know exactly how bad it was there. Like you, you could have been in a dirt cell and, yeah. You know, beating the crap yeah, out of yeah. my guards. I, I didn't know yeah, exactly we, what was yeah, happening. We assumed the worst. Yeah. When I spoke to you, 
You're looking to help strangers. Right. You're cracking jokes still, and you were being Bill. And I yeah. said, and I, when I spoke to people, I said, he's Bill still. Like, I talked to Bill. He's yeah. not some stranger. It's not some dude that has a bunch of mental <laughs> yeah, issues right now. Yeah. And I, yeah. wish my, I wish my wife got that. I mean, I, because she, she didn't get that from me because I'd call my wife. So the first three weeks I'm there, the first four weeks that I'm there, I don't have a, a PIN number to use the phone. You have to have a PIN number to use the phone. So luckily, my wife hustled like crazy. My wife kept pushing the lawyer, pushing the lawyer. The lawyer knew somebody at the jail. They got me connected with a guy that's a translator in there. He gave me his number. My people put money on his book so that I could use the phone. So, like, we're sharing his personal number. So, when I go to yard, so you're in that cell. You're 18, 19 guys in a I was guy 19 when I came up to the, to, to the uh, third floor. And I'm guy number 19. And it is, you're in that cell 24-7. The only time you leave that cell if your lawyer shows up to see you, if you have notification, which means there's something of public record that's downstairs that you get a notification of either a court date, um, an appeal's been filed, something to that degree, you've changed attorneys, whatever, whatever's going on in your official record, you get notifications. So that means you're lucky enough to either leave the cell, go downstairs, get handcuffed and, and ankle chain, and then walk about 150 yards to the notification center, you get your notification, and you can get to walk back. And, um, and then... <clears throat> You, when you other do, than that, you're in the other cell. Other than that, you're not coming so out of the six, cell. So 624, 122. So you have 624-hour days in it and 122-hour day because you do get two hours for yard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're in there seven days yeah. a week, less two hours. Less With, two yeah, hours of the week. 18 other people. And all, all your meals, your breakfast, lunch, dinner is all there? They, Inside they, there. Yeah, they bring them in a three-compartment Tupperware thing, and your one compartment is always going to be beans or rice, like pinto beans or rice, and then... The rice for the the, the beans the beans for the most part are pretty decent until like you get a soapy batch where it's like soapy water yeah. that's in it and uh, and then you know they're cleaning your insides, <laughs> but you either get soap uh, I mean you either get beans or rice the third compartment is typically empty because that's for your tortillas because they serve uh, like everybody gets like six or eight corn tortillas or whatever it is they they hand out tortillas per 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 meal and then breakfast would typically be I mean I wrote down every one of my meals but breakfast would be anywhere from like frosted flakes and milk to like yogurt and cantaloupe to cream of wheat with like some some pink something in it or like the one breakfast i ate was like oatmeal and some raisins in it like i actually ate that breakfast but for the most part i'm not a breakfast guy and i'd try as, bad I, I would yeah. try as hard as <laughs> the worst breakfast we ever had was enchiladas and the enchiladas we had and i'm gonna say enchiladas i'm not gonna say enchiladas i'm gonna say enchiladas and what they were were corn tortillas with powdered cheese inside, mm. folded over, and there was three layered, and then there was a little red sauce in another compartment. So if you closed your eyes or you had X-ray vision, you could actually maybe emulsify the cheese. But and then the other bad, the other worst breakfast is potatoes au gratin that they serve in the morning sometimes. Mm. Oh, powdered. They're like papas, papas. No, 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 they're not powdered. They're real potatoes with some cheese on them. And I'm just like, and I was trying. At this point, I'm trying to focus on like, all right, I'm here. There's a lack of calories. I'm a fatty. I need to lose some weight, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try to eat. I'm gonna try to eat low carb. Usually for lunch we had like, you know, when it's a 96 degree day, nothing goes better than hot soup. Yeah. So you get some like, it's like some kind of bone broth soup. And I kept trying to figure out like there's like a, there's like some kind of joint of it's a probably hoof bone or hoof soup you're eating. Yeah, there's some kind of joint for the animal, but everyone's got the same joint. So I'm trying to like, well, who got the breast? Yeah. Like who got who got the meaty part of this thing? But 
I couldn't figure I could never figure that out. The workers got that. The guys with the hot water got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys that, got the broth at the bottom. And, and that's what they were saying. And so and and typically dinner would be like a macaroni elbows with some celery and chunks of hamon. And it's like it's not ham like we no. know ham. It's like a processed ham. Like it's spam? like a spam. It, no, spam is good. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff. No, spam's delicious. This this stuff <laughs> this stuff's not great. So if you've um, ever had a spam mousse to be there. Mm. You know, the, the, listen, the good thing was I cut my calorie intakes. I have to look at the silver lining, right? the blessings of it, right? While I was gone, I was panicked because I'm an owner-operator of my business. Um, nobody runs my business but me. My son runs my granite shop and stuff. And since I got latched up, my son took over. And he's like, you know, after all this whole ordeal, and I, I was gone a total of eight weeks, <clears throat> my, my son tells my wife, he says, you make sure dad doesn't come back to work for two weeks. Matter of fact, you tell dad he can retire. We got this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's what he that's what he tells me. And I said, nah, did a jam up job. Cut, yeah, and, and my son was able to 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 you know kind of step up and just take care of business, and uh, which made me unbelievably proud. Dude, I was so proud of him <coughs> being his uncle. Like, cause I'd call him each week and say, hey, like I obviously called him as soon as I found out, but just talking to him, yeah. uh, and he would tell me the scenarios he's running into and how he's handling them. I'm like, perfect. Yeah, he had a, he had an issue where people weren't paying him. And he's like, uh, they, you know, I, someone told me I'm legally right to lean the house. Absolutely, lean the house, hundred yeah. percent. Put the lien on it, like if they're because people were taking advantage of the fact that you weren't there. It's a couple of outstanding bills that went out, and they were like, well, when we spoke to Bill, this was going to be taken care of, and this was going to be taken care of, or whatever the case was. Right. And he's like, well, we'll take care of it, and then we want payment. And some of these people were just very difficult to please. Yeah. And your and your boy stood up to him and got the payment. Like when he told me I went down, I was like. Yeah. Dude, that's great, yeah. Andrew. That's yeah. great. And there, then there's a there's lot always opportunists. Always gonna be yeah. opportunists. I mean, so that was one of my big worries. Once that was situated, I mean, the, when I when I first saw my wife, and my my wife, like she she really pressed the lawyer. She got in front of me. Like you can't see any family for at least two weeks until you get processed and situated in there. And that's one word I'm tired of hearing is like the process. You know, oh, it's just a process. And my wife worked so hard to like come in there she got in front of me like right after the first court date right after i got intaked in there <clears throat> and i said listen babe like in here i'm okay as long as i'm checked out like as long as i don't think about home i'm fine I'm, it's like camping with 15 year olds i mean it's it's literally like the, the maturity level in there is super super low because you got people that don't want to grow up the average mentality the majority the, the majority so it's not all but the average mentality the majority of the people is like there's an easy way. There's a shortcut. That's not. That's why they're not buckling down and doing what they got to do. There are a few people, uh, and I met a, who got caught. I met yeah. a few that got caught up in some stuff, and yeah. it's like I met one dude stole. He stole a cell phone because he got jumped. Asked to use the phone. They said no, so he grabbed a prepaid phone. He's been in there eleven months. hasn't seen Hasn't uh, got out yet. Using a public defender. What's his bail? And, he doesn't have no, one. He, has, he, hasn't got, he hasn't got to that point. Yeah, he's he's still he's still under investigation. That's crazy. And, and that's kind of the way that they play it. And the issue is he's from Sacramento. Everybody I know that's been latched up for a long time and can't and has no way out, they're from the states. Like I can't tell you dude after dude that I talk to is from they're is, from San Diego, they're from Riverside, they're from all these places and they're latched up and like Is it because the people on the outside aren't trying to get him out? Like Megan was trying to get you out? There's correct. like no one doing that battle for him? Correct. Correct. Because and if no one's doing the battle who, for you, who, no one yeah, cares. Who, whoever's on the outside, like their their case isn't like if it's just a stolen cell phone. Like ah, now let him let him sit and bake. I mean, the one dude that's a translator in there, 
uh, I talked to him and he was real with me. He's like, yeah, I was on, I was on some meth and stuff back, you know, a couple of years ago, but he's been in there two years, hasn't had his day in court. He got accused of stealing some car parts and he's been in there two years and we were talking and I was going to, I was going to court Wednesday. He's like, my court date's Monday. I said, man, I hope you go home. And then I saw him on Tuesday. I'm like, hey, how'd your court date go? He goes, oh, they moved it to the end of June. And yeah, they that, just they just do stuff yeah. like that to people. So he was a tra- he's a cellmate, uh, <coughs> or he was a, a translator was, that was in prison. He was a translator. He 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 had a he was like a floater between everybody, and he he would translate for people, and he would bring people up, <coughs> which was interesting that he was there because because he wasn't a sentence guy. It's crazy. And so normally to be worker, you got to be sentenced, but. You know, it's it, there's, a, there's a lot of unfortunate circumstances there, man, and it's like, um, you know, you just see people get latched up and and they're, and they're stuck in a situation. I was fortunate enough. I mean, trust me when I say I I paid dearly to get out of there, and uh, and it it was it was uh, it was an experience that was um, that was beyond uh, like you can't you, you so you can't understand it if you haven't done it but then everybody everyone envisions like out in the yard getting shanked all the stuff when you're in a cell and you're trapped in a cell with 19 dudes there's just an unspoken code you might not like somebody there ain't nothing going down because if you and him tangle we're losing we all 19 are losing the tv and then you two are getting a serious beat down yeah like there's none of that there's no like in that one hall i was telling you where <clears throat> all the workers are at they just lost the TV for two months because they found somebody had a five-gallon bucket of coffee. So they try to load up on stuff. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you know, some people just kind of push the limits on stuff. But, you know, for, for me, it was like the, the, the only escape that I had was just like talking to the other guys that were from the States that were down there. And then like, you know, because we try to talk about just something other than because all everybody wants to talk about is their case yeah. and this and that. It's just like, you know, talking about family or life or things that matter, you know, and Probably a lot of them also don't have families and lives and things that matter because yeah, that's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, realistically, yeah. not to be a dick, but no, no, no. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just, it's just an unfortunate circumstance, which is one of the reasons why we would. I mean, the, the group that I was with is still going to go every year, still do the service project, still do all that stuff. But because of my experience, I, I can't. When, when the legal system cannot help you at all, and like. If I risk going down there, I just risk like, okay, well, how much do I want it to cost? I mean, I met a dude that was in there for a year, a year and a half. He got in a car accident. He didn't have the little Mexican insurance. He li- he has family in Mexicali, and he also lived uh, in, in uh, El Centro, just outside. And he got in a car accident and, and gave him the state's address. They saw he didn't have Mexican insurance. Uh, so make sure you buy Mexican insurance when you go over there. Which I always do. Yeah, I actually didn't. Well, I, I never. I've never. Yeah, told because you're, you're, yeah, so. your, your insurance is not gonna is not gonna cover it. <coughs> Check your policy coverage. I'm not. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would never. But, I would never drive into Mexico. But uh, this dude was there for a year and a half, and uh, the, he he got in a fender bender, and they said it was eighteen thousand dollars. Like, I'm not paying eighteen thousand dollars. He's from the state, so he's like. Bro, I got rights. You ain't getting like mm-hmm. uh, no, you maybe in the states you do. Let me make yeah, a correction for you. No, you don't. I don't think you do. You know what I mean? Like, and really, they they can position you any way they want, man. I I I my last day in court, or my last day there, uh, that I was going to court, that I I knew I, I knew I was going home. I mean, the court hadn't happened yet, but it's already like tomorrow you're going home, and so. I'm going in, going through the process. I, I connected with a dude, this guy Ramundo, and we just kind of hit it off super good. 
He's been there for. He was a passenger in his brother-in-law's car. His brother-in-law had some stuff. His brother-in-law had some stuff in the car that he wasn't supposed to have crossing the border, and you know he got they they latched up him and his brother-in-law. Brother-in-law got ten years, and, and uh, <coughs> he ended up. He's been there for a year. First attorney took about twelve grand of his money and then disappeared. Kind of showed up like, listen, eleven grand. I'm getting you out of here in three weeks. All right, family scripts together eleven grand. Sends it to him. Comes back two weeks later. Like, all right, listen, it's a little bit more. I need sixteen hundred fifty dollars more, but you're gonna get out next Wednesday. But I got to get it paid today. And then that was the last time we saw that lawyer. And so he's been there for eleven months. He's, Which he's, is apparently a common story, huh? Common Are they story. like legit it, lawyers, or they're just like happens, saying they're lawyers? It, well, it happens a lot. Wh- who are you gonna tell <laughs> if you got ripped off? Yeah. Who's going to listen to you? The only time you need a legit lawyer is when you go to court because they have to have a certificate. They have to have their number when they go That's to court. That's what I was wondering. <clears throat> Some people walk in there and like, but there's, a, but listen, man, I've been watching the news for 60 days over there and it's like there's DAs getting killed. There's lawyers getting killed. There's all kinds of people. Like it's, it's a battle of who's worse and who. So like some of these people that take advantage of people, they don't know who they're taking advantage of. And then they show up on the news like the guy who had the authority last week. They just found his car full of bullet holes like and he's done the next week's so like the 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 prosecutor or whoever the da like dunzo like he he get, he shook down the wrong cat you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's crazy because you see it because the news shows the, the news they watch is all over mexico and so you see it literally in every in every city like every day there's another fiscal whether it's a state or federal of whatever area is getting Wait, like, fiscal like pr- mode down. for prison or something. No, fiscal no. is like they're there is like the district attorney okay. or the prosecutor. Right. You know what I mean? Like the, that's, that's the fiscal, the, the prosecutors basically. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy, man. And so it's like, like when you get to go to yard, that's the only time you could talk to your, your anybody else. And you have two, two hours ago. And, and once you get down there, there's like a, you walk down the yard, and then there's a spot. When you get past the spot, you can run. After, before that spot, if you start running, the guard's going to send you back. So it's like everybody hits that spot and takes off running. They'll run to the store to get first in line. And when the people are at the store, it's like a, it's it's like like a, a game show. Yeah. It, it, it's, that's worse because it's like they're, it's like they're in line. Game. They're in line at the, at the store, and then one dude's in the line, and everybody from his cell comes up and starts ordering. So it's like you're not, you're not behind three guys in front of you're you. You're behind 19. You're behind a whole yeah. cell. Uh, there might be like three or four guys yeah. for each guy. So it's like super frustrating because you're just like, if you're trying to use the phone, you're burning time. Yeah. And so I would never go to the window. I'd have somebody go to the window. And then like the money they'd give me, I was just eating the food that they had there. All the stuff you buy at the store is all extra. It's all it's all chips, cookies, soda, stuff you're avoiding, like all the stuff yeah. I'm not eating, but, you're health but, but I'm <laughs> contributing, but I'm contributing to the group. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. I'm there, I got money on my books. There's dudes that don't have money. So it's like, uh, that, you know, yeah, I'll they pay do, for it. You go wait in line. well, they do well, like, like they'll do the talacha every week. Right. Which is like, they take everything off the floor. They scrub the floor. They, they wash the, the cell floor. They clean it. They wash blankets They do all the stuff. Like Saturday's like the cleaning day. So everybody gets a turn on that. But if they'll say like, Hey, let me do your talacha for you so you don't have to do it today and then just buy me like two burritos or this or that on yard day or visits. And so if you get visits, you can go to the store. They do the same thing when you go to the store for visits. So like let's say there'll be 150 prisoners getting visits. And so when you have a personal visit like over there, it's from it was every other week and it was from uh, 8 to 12. 
<coughs> my wife would make the six hour drive to come do that visit. And then she'd drive down the night before, stay across the border and then cross the border, come see me for the visit and then go home. And it's the hardest thing, man. Like, you know, like I go sit with my wife for a couple hours and then one of my guys from my cell knows, knows that I don't want to go stand in line and waste my time. And he's going, he's going for his visit that he has every, whatever. He's like, yeah, hey, I'll go in line, you know, whatever, no big deal. And I said, well, look, just, you know, let me know when you're close to the window. I'll come up there and buzz my fingerprint, which had this fingerprint system that never worked. <laughs> and they were like, next finger, next finger. I'm like, yeah, bro, this is the fifth time I've been to this window. And you tell me whatever. And so, like, I just buzz in. I'd be like, look, give me two waters and, like, a little snack for me and my girl. And then, like, you guys just spend the rest of my money, get whatever you want for the cell because there was nothing there that I could get. I, mean, I would tell them whatever hygiene stuff I wanted, razors, knife, or, or razor, soap, all that stuff. And then they'd get me whatever I wanted, and then I'd go out. But, yeah, I think, I think, you know, the crazy thing is when I'm on the – so when I'm on the first floor, I'm there with – like there's a dude that stabbed his old lady. There's a there's a dude that beat up a guy for money. There's a, a guy. I said, <laughs> I said, dude, I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I like crack. I'm just like, all right, all right I guess you like crack or whatever. You know, he was there for stealing something or whatever the case was. And then there was only there was two guys in our cell that were federal stuff. One guy was smuggling. So the federal tier is like you're smuggling people, guns, or people, guns, drugs. or drugs. And so like you know. There's only one dude from my first floor cell that went up. But the first night I'm there, like me and six dudes are sleeping butt to nuts across the floor. And then the, the other six, uh, the other six bunks are doubled up people in it. Like there might be one or two guys that have a bunk by themselves. One dude the whole night, bro, is like, oh, like moaning, dude, like bad. And I'm like, bro, you okay? And his name was Roberto. He's, he spoke English. He, he was from, he, he grew up in Riverside and then got deported. And then. And then he was moaning like crazy because he'd gotten a car accident. He wrecked into a police officer, got in a car accident. And this freaking dude was moaning like like his insides was coming out like, bro. Probably were. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. they didn't take you to a doctor? They, they, they And he's like, no, they said maybe tomorrow. They'll Arresting take him was much more I important mean, than his health. This dude, this dude, it was unsettling because this guy's yeah. like moaning like he's dying every time he moved. When he sat still, he's, things started to not hurt so much. And then I remember – you walk in the room and there's the, the six of us on the floor. So two guys take their blankets and throw them across the floor. So we're not sleeping on the bare concrete. And then the rest of us share the blankets. Like, and I remember on the, I'm on the end facing the facing the pony wall, the bathroom. And I'm thinking like, man, I hope you like the smell of piss. Cause that's all yeah. like, that's all I can smell right now. Cause I'm laying on the floor. It's just on the opposite side of the wall, the bathroom. And it's just like, I'm just thinking to myself like, man, this is, this is unbelievable, man. Like, and then the whole time in my head, I'm thinking, like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here, man. Like, I can't believe, like, my whole life, I did everything I could to be like, a, like an upstanding citizen and not do stuff. And I'm here over like an accident, or like forgetting that I had something, you know, in my car, or whatever. And I'm just, just going over that in my head. And then I finally fall asleep because I'm exhausted. Like, by the time I get in there, I'm, I'm four days minimal sleep. Yeah. I get in there. I finally went to sleep. I was woke up in the middle of the night when there was a dude on the middle bunk because they keep you down there for seven days so people can detox out. There's a lot of people coming in high and all that stuff. Yeah, to say there's probably be a lot of people <coughs> withdrawn, right? Yeah, yeah and one dude was withdrawn all over another dude. Oh. Some guy woke up in the night, and this guy, this guy who'd been hacking all night finally let it all go, and he just started vomiting in his cell, and he was on his, on his bunk, and he's in the middle bunk, and he just oh. vomited on the dude below him. And I'm just thinking, like, well, here goes the first fight. Nope, the dude just wiped it off his face, yelled at him, and went, went to sleep. Yeah, is there is there a sink in the room? Yeah. Do you wash his face off? No. Cool. 
no, it's first floor. It's it's first floor blues. By the time you get to the second floor, everybody's super clean on the second yeah. floor. Like, I mean, the room's gonna be what the room is, but like, our room, our 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 room was clean. Everybody's clean. Everybody, for the most part, everybody showered every day. Um, everybody just and when you go to shower, like you just take your clothes off, put them in a bucket, put water in there, put detergent, and then just wash all your clothes. And then you wash your clothes. You use the bathroom. You take a shower. You take an ice cold shower. I mean, and this is all in the cell. <coughs> that's all. This in the is cell. all in that same cell in that six by six area where the toilet's at. Yeah, and and our and it's not a six by six area. The, the, the area where the toilet's at's four feet wide by six feet. Like that's where the back. But there's a shower too. Well, no, it's just a pipe coming out of the wall that points down. There's no shower head. It's just it's just water. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like that space. So it's a rain shower. Yeah, yeah <laughs> really high end one. I, you know, crazy enough, the 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 penitentiary in Mexicali has uh, four stars on Google. So <laughs> I was I, I was wondering how it showed up on Yelp. I, was gonna, I, I couldn't find that review I read. <laughs> I was gonna I was, I was gonna, looking for it to show somebody. I'm like, oh, they took it down. Yeah, oh, you really found you found a, a, a Google when, review when his father-in-law sent me the sent, like, hey, this is where Bill's at, just so you know. And he sent it to me. It's a Google app, a thingamajig. So I click on it. And I'm like, reviews? Who the heck reviews yeah. a prison? So, of course, I'm reading, and it's in just super broken English. And it's like, it, don't, when you go to Mexico, do not get in trouble. This place is the worst. The guards forced you to have sex with them. And blah, And I'm like, oh, my. This is yeah. like day four, day five. And I'm like, yeah. where is Bill at right now? Like, holy crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts, dude. It was, and, and, and to be honest, I never saw. I mean, other than dudes in the in the cell having fruity, be- I'm gonna give you my first. I'm gonna give you one quick story of my first. And if you guys want to hear more of this, just hit me up on my email built. Let's talk dubs. If I get a good enough amount of emails, do you guys want me to do a separate podcast just on the experience? So I could probably, I probably life. got at least. This is a very summary. Yeah, this is a quick yeah, summary yeah, of it because yeah. I've heard a lot of the stories, and if you don't know the details of it, you don't realize how bad it was. I probably have. I probably have five podcasts breaking it all down. Well, we'll do a spinoff. Process. Let's talk prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and so when you move up, when you move up to the third floor, which is where you're going to be staying until you get sentenced or whatever the case is, you're out of the seven days and you're going up to your to your to your federal if you're federal to your petty crimes if you got petty crimes to your theft if you got whatever they've got however they've got it broken up right. So they pull you out of the cell, they line you guys all up, they uh, strip you down to what you came here with, which, which for me was my chonies and my, and luckily I snuck in my wool socks. Like my wool socks might as well have been combat boots up in there. And, uh, cause one of the other things I was thinking like, man, that's gonna be a crazy story to tell. And I think this chapter is gonna be called hope you like athlete's foot. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, everybody up in there got up athlete's foot, dude. They had, they handed out the cream up there in the infirmary, like nobody's business, dude. Oh. And some of these dudes, like you look at their feet, like it looked like, it looked like a pop of cornflakes, like the stuff just peeling off their feet. I'm like, uh, player you got to put some cream on that dude like that ain't good so i'm there and uh they pull us out of cell they strip us down our underwear um and then they line us all up they walk up to you they pull your right arm out and they write a number on the inside of your forearm mine said c305 and so that meant i went to coca 305 third floor fifth cell on the c block and so that's the federal row and then they march you out the door and you walk out the door, and there's like those plastic picnic chairs, you know, the ones that the, the like you lean back and they fold over. Yep. But they're red, and they say Coca-Cola on them. So they, those chairs. This person sponsored yeah, by Coca-Cola. Yeah, and, hey. you walk, and you walk out, you sit on that chair, they shave your head with a, with a number one, boom, and then they march over to your cell. You get up to your cell. 
They slide the lock, they unlock it, slide the lock over, they open the door, they put you inside there, and I happen to come into my cell, and the guys are playing dominoes when I showed up. And so they're using that six-by-six six area. Four dudes are sitting, two guys are sitting on the bunks, and two dudes are sitting on the floor. So I kind of walk in and step to the right. I don't walk in, I just walk kind of in around and to the right. On You're the, a wallflower on, at this on point. The, yeah. On the one square yeah. foot available, kind of standing in a... In your underwear. In my underwear. I got hair all over me because they just shaved me. And nothing but your underwear. Well, I got my socks too. Okay, socks and That's underwear. I mean, and so meeting <laughs> meeting eighteen guys. Yeah, me and my hey me and my, eight, my eighteen hey guys. New, my eighteen new homies, and I'm looking in there, and I'm like, well, at least because as I'm walking by the cell, I'm seeing like six six bunks and dudes doubled up on a bunk, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck. And then we get to my cell. They just kind of open the door, put me in there, close the door, and walk away. And then I'm just kind of standing there. They start talking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, bro, just English only, man. I'm just, I speak English because I'm brown and I speak enough Spanish to get by on construction site. I'm brown on the outside, but, but white on the inside. Yeah, bro. I mean, they 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 think I speak Spanish. They they won't stop talking to me in Spanish, and I don't yeah. understand anything. So I'm standing there, and then like right out of a movie, <clears throat> my boy Rudy, in the back, and my boy Eddie, like two dudes from Southern California. They're like, hey, what's up, big homie? What are you here for? I'm like, Arma, because everybody's first question about is, what are you here for? So Arma is like arms. And so I said, uh, Arma, they said, oh, well, is that what you, is that all you got? Like my, my, like that's all your stuff. Your like my, my, me and my underwear. You're wearing socks <coughs> and the hair. I said, Don't forget the hair. <laughs> I said, yeah. And they said, all I right. Save that hair, homie. We're going to weave a blanket out of it. Said, they said, they said, all right, big homie, we got a protocol in here, man. You got to get up in there, shower up first. And so they said, let us get, they, they put me together some soap. Uh, they gave me some soap. They gave me some sweatpants and a and t-shirt. This is, you're gonna shower in the cell. In the cell with yeah, all yeah, these yeah. guys so you just a, met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta, and there's no shower curtain, right? No, 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 no. My guys on the first floor is no shower curtain. But at some point you just you don't care, bro. Like, oh, I'm aware you don't care, yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm trying to. And ain't nobody, trying, how, ain't, ain't nobody trying to eyeball trying you. At least you don't catch nobody trying to eyeball you. But in our in our particular cell. The dudes had a blanket fashioned up as a curtain on one side okay. and a blanket fashioned up on a curtain with a hole in it. And so you get inside, the two blankets come together. Where the hole is, you pull the other blanket through and it right. kind of locks the door. But, I mean, for the most part, water's running in there. Ain't nobody walking in there. And you got your own time. So I got in there, showered up. I came back out. And I'm kind of trying to assess the landscape. Like, all right, all right, where am I going from here? You know what I mean? And and uh, I sit on the bunk with, uh, I think, my buddy Eddie. Uh, who, who became a friend of mine, my Eddie and and uh, Rick and uh, Rudy, like and Rudy's like the quintessential Vato, bro. Like he's straight up, he is straight up Vato to the core, and so is and and so is Eddie. Like right, like Eddie got the Aztec tattoos down his arms, and the, his son's name across his forearm, you know all that stuff. And then R- Rudy's like, Rudy got Browley tattooed across his whole belly. Real big and old English. Like Thug Life with Tupac. Right, right, right. But it's, no, Thug Life was like chicken letters. Like this is his whole, like these are 12-inch tall letters. <laughs> Go across his, his stomach and they say Browley because he's from Browley. And then he's got, he's got IV on his, on his, each peck for Imperial Valley. And then on his back, he's got the bandolero. He's got his name behind the sombrero on the bandolero, the guy with the two things mm-hmm. and the pistols. And then got the one naked girl on this side, one naked girl on this side, a rattlesnake for a gratuitous purpose, like like full back tat of like, and uh, and dude was cool as a fan, man. I, I mean, really, when you get in there, man, like once you're in there, you're like one, you're you're just it's just we're just all prisoners, and it's like you get in the cell, like at no point, 
at no point did I ever take any time where I was like, oh, I'm scared where I'm going. I just kept thinking, I can't believe I'm here, man. I can't believe I'm here. And me, like, even when I was getting booked in, like I seen this dude and I thought this dude was in the federal holding with me. So I walk in, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, what's up? And so we kind of we kind of made the eye contact hit off. He looked at me like, I know you. Because I thought he, because I only caught this dude for like two seconds before he went to sell on this. I'm, and I'm talking to the guy in the first place I've been holding, and we're just talking around the corner. He's like, hey, bro, you this, you this, you this, you, you know, just the, the, all kind of crazy stuff. And so, but when we were getting intaked, this dude happened to be my first cell with me. And uh, it was pretty interesting to watch all the, all the character dynamics kind of take place. But um, at no point did I ever think like, Oh man, this is scary. This is scary. like when I first got in there, I'm just so exhausted. I'm like, I, and everybody's like the same. Like you just want to sleep, and then I get up, and then everybody just kind of gets to talking, and it all it sucks to be there for all of us. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't jeopardize, don't jeopardize the group because the group will get punished if mm-hmm. if one person gets out of line. So it's that like, was that was one of the most reassuring things when I heard that you guys were working as a team, yeah. as opposed to like. Because once again, I don't know what the heck's going yeah, yeah. on. We haven't spoken to you the entire time we're there. Well, so to hear like you guys. You guys did things together yeah, like to, to, to make sure that everybody was okay. I was like, Phew, yeah, that's yeah, it's, it. it's like, different because and it's different because in the state side, like the stateside prisons are a million times better from everyone that served, like all these dudes I was talking to from from SoCal and all these stuff. All these Serenio guys are just like, man, this is the freaking worst. This place sucks, man. I I've done time in Folsom. Mm-hmm. I done time in Taft. I done time in Riverside. I done. Oh, I mean, this place is trash, man. This place sucks. They don't take care of you. They don't do nothing. Cause you go stateside, food, clothing, uh, you know, personal bed, bed, your personal bedding, rights. I'll, I'll bedding. guarantee people aren't like there's they, a like lot there may be some stuff. people sleeping on the floor, but they're on a cot. Yeah. No, but, you're, but but like you're you're on. You, you want to use the phone? Use the phone whenever you want. Yeah. Once you get situated in there, you use the phone whenever you want. They got open yard for ten hours a day. Yeah, but th- that's where the problems start, right? Because open yard is yeah. when things start running. Because first night I come in, it's like Thursday night, and our cell happened to be a cell that goes down to the other floor. So there's stuff coming in through the vents that's getting distributed out. And the stuff that's coming in, bro, there were no drugs. It was all like, it's so funny because like a guy, like the guys that make like the bracelets and they make the dream catchers and all the stuff, like they're down. Like they don't have money, but their family buys them like beads and thread and stuff like that. And they make things, right? So I had this conversation with this guy where he's like, yeah, capitalism is the same as fascism. And I said, bro, you need a dictionary, bro. I can't believe you got a college degree. He and I are talking. I said, you see that thing you're wearing around your neck? You get, they, get, they, they make these little lanyards that come around your neck to hold your little ID and all that stuff. I said, you see that thing around your neck? That's capitalism. There's an opportunity here for somebody to take their work and trade it for something that they want. Because you can't buy nothing. There's no money in there. So if you want like a lanyard around your neck to hold your ID and your phone book and all that stuff, because <clears throat> a lot of the sweats don't have pockets. You're not supposed to have pockets in your stuff. <coughs> Well, that's going to cost you like two, two, two cookies and a two liter of Coke, which is like 40 pesos. That's like, that's, that's $2. You know what I mean? And so all that stuff's coming through the vents. So when they, when, when somebody like, when you, when go you to, say the vents, like the air vent, the air vent, the air vent. Why are they going down the to another floor? Yeah. You have, I'm so lost because right now in the story. You, you dr- there's a sock with a rope on it that they tuck down and they drop it down They're, They pried the vent open and they drop it down to the floor below and somebody grabs it. And then they pull it in, and so they'll take a bag of Doritos, they'll they'll crack the corner open, and then they'll smash all the chips to dust, and then they roll it up as tight as they can, so it's like almost like like, like a cigar, like a cigar, 
then they wrap it in shrink wrap and then they put it through that hole and they drop it down and bring it to the guys below. So like the guys that, Dorito dust? the guys that have no the guys that have no money to buy cookies or stuff like that that they That's want what they get. that they want all that stuff. They'll make stuff and they're on a different they're like either on the other side of the building or like down below. <coughs> and uh and so they'll you be, said this was Thursday, and your guys got to go downstairs to the next floor. No, no, no. What no, does no. that have to do with passing no, the on, stuff? No, on, thir- on Thursday, the, the day I came in with the Thursday was Thursday. Thursday's yard day in our cell. That means everybody went to yard and bought yeah, stuff. Bought so I'm coming to cell. That that whole block C block is on fire, bro. They all it's like Mother's Day, dude. They all went it's barbecue for everybody. Dude. Like they went to they went to the store, and everybody loaded up on chips, cookies, soda, like. They, the, the 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 meals they serve you are just stacked up inside the cell because ain't nobody eating it because they're eating fried chicken they're eating burritos they're eating all the stuff that's available at the store, but you got to eat it all that night so it's like this crazy buffet that everybody's just going to. So my first night I come in it's Thursday night, all I've been eating is the crap food they see, and my boy Trenta this dude Trenta, he's like hey bro you want this you want this so his name's Trenta because he got busted with M30s fentanyl uh-huh. he busted a couple thousand of those, he hands me this machaca plate I open it up. And it's a big pile of machaca meats and beans and some rice. I'm like, bro, I'll eat that machaca meat, dude. And I was like, bro, that was bomb diggity. That was my first that was my first night up. But I'd come in after they'd gone a yard. So okay. I'm watching all this action. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's nuts, dude. Because it's like they go to the front of the cell and they'll yell like cell no, in Spanish, like cell number six, number six. And they're like, go ahead. And then they'll throw things over like this is for number four. Or like it'll have a tag on it for where it's for. And so they'll they'll pass it, and then they even slide it under the door going across. So I mean, there's stuff going back and forth all night. Stuff messages getting kited and all kind of stuff. And they use the they use the old deodorant. Prison slang already. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're in the states they call them. We're gonna have to watch Bill now. In the states they call them kites. I know because I got friends at corrections officers. They they call them kites over there. They call them limousines. Plus, Fifty Cent talks about them too, bro. Right, right. So they're 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 kiting messages back and forth. And uh, I remember the first time I got a message from the from the other white dude that got latched up. He's like, he comes walking by myself because they're like, hey man, there's another white guy up in on, on, on Trescoca, and so like he, this guy's getting coming up from first floor, and he's walking by cell, and the guards behind him, and he's he's cuffed up, and, and he's like, hey hey Bill Bill, if you're in there now, I look like everybody else. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say when they say there's a white, well, this guy's walking by yeah. going, there's supposed to be a white guy in here looking in the cell, he's like, like, where is he? I don't see the dude. He's like, hey, Bill, hey, Bill, I'm I'm up here. Uh, so-and-so told me to say hey to you. And so I ended, up, I ended up chatting with that dude when we got down to the yard just about his whole situation. It was a similar situation. He just didn't go to court and put his foot in his mouth. And so. Uh, and, and <laughs> That's the guy that got on three weeks, the fast one. Total, total, total like four weeks and two oh, days. Yeah. So, and so, that, so that's fast. So that's fast. I mean, he got. He got in and got out. I mean, my thing. So in total, you did 58 days. 58 Locked days. up. Yeah. Cost you a tremendous amount of money to get out, right? And lost fifty-eight days of being with a newborn granddaughter right. and all kinds of like good times in life. She's now let's look at shows. Now let's now, now let's look at the, the podcast. Let's, let's look at the silver line. The silver lining. Silver lining. Is, I got all time, all kinds of them. Silver lining is like my son stepped up and and stepped up and ran my business. Where to me, that's one of the things that in the near future. It was one of those things where I would transition my business to my. It son. was going to be inevitability, anyways. Right. This but just, it, this it, just, it this, was like, hey, now it's got to happen. This forced the transition to where my son really stepped up, which really yes. made me proud. I lost fifty pounds in fifty-eight days. 
I mean, that was awesome. That was, that was huge. for you. Prison, Hopefully prison keep it off. No, I'm going to keep it off. I'm yeah. going to keep it off. I'm already watching the scale like a hawk. Like I ain't, you know. Are you going and back to prison again? No, oh. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going, I'm going to the, I'm going to the gym. So, um, and so now like I'm, I'm looking at things differently because, you know, having your own business and stuff, I've always been, I, I tell people this and, and some people don't understand it, but I see I'm motivated by fear. I'm motivated by fear of like not having food for my family and all that stuff. And it doesn't matter at what level we're at. I'm always fueled by that. I've always had this underlying anxiety of like, I got to be working. I got to be working. Like I have a tough time taking time off now that all this took place. It's like, and I really, one of the other silver lines that I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to forget about is really, I connected with a lot of people in there that, that needed somebody to talk to them about something good and give them some hope about some stuff that's going on. And I had a lot of really meaningful conversations in a place where there's not a lot of really I was going to say that because I caught that, like I said, when we had that phone conversation, <coughs> you gave me, we talked for three minutes and I got so much information off of you, but yeah, yeah, it was, you know. I mean, that reassured everybody too. Cause like, I mean, every day, yeah. every day I'm like, you know, what's up, what's up with Bill? What's yeah. Up with I'm Bill? getting texts from everybody. Hey, what's the case with Bill? What's getting like, and we're talking four weeks into it, not yeah. knowing anything. And it was a roller yeah. coaster too. Cause yeah. like one week you'd be like, Oh, he's getting out on Tuesday. Yeah. And, then, and that's, oh, and that's, and that's part of the, the swap yeah. me day we're like afterwards i'm talking with drew and i'm like and he says well you know i'm not supposed to say anything but dad's probably supposed to get out wednesday and i i, I teared up yeah. and i'm like thank god like are you kidding me like i was so stoked yeah that was like that was four, four, four weeks, weeks ago, ago five weeks ago yeah. so i all we kept hearing is next week yeah. and, I, and as i'm sending text updates to all the other guys out there next week next week next week yeah Insane. there's a there's a lot to get into so silver linings also seeing how many people care about you. I got so many, I get hit up by yeah. listeners. I'd put a post up and the comments with them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you got genuine fans out there. Like, and I'm going to say this too. I'm your brother, but I'm also a fan of this podcast. Sure. And you, you missed it. Like, yeah. dude, come on, man. And I'm, yeah. a, I'm one of those, like, I get pissed if Rogan takes a week off. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I get pissed when my podcast right. people aren't, aren't putting stuff out. No, no, same you know? way, same well, way. Well, I mean, that way. was well, like the first sign, like when the, when the podcast didn't come out, like Eric reached out to you. He's like, dude, what's up? How come the podcast didn't come out on Friday? And that yeah. was, well, no, that he was still up and at him because what happened was he didn't load it properly. So that was the first oh, okay, week he was there. Okay. It didn't come out. Well, it's not so that Eric it came, some that it, it just wasn't on yeah. iTunes. It was on Spotify. He said, but it wasn't there, but it was, it was, when I found out, I put a post up and they're like, they said, he's got to be there for 48 hours. I'm like, okay, no big deal. Well, I knew the next weekend was coming up. So I'm like, hey, hold tight while Bill gets out of this little mess. Yeah, don't forget, blah, blah, there's blah. also like like in the middle of me thinking I'm getting out, there's also Holy Week slash spring break that happens in Mexico where everything kind of shuts down. I bet. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, and I was like, it's got to be before here. It's got to be before here. And that's the spring break week, which is like. The, v- the very second week of uh, April. Then I get out to the first week of May. Yeah. And uh, you went in on what day? I went on March 8th and yeah. I got out May 4th. God, that's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. And it's just like you look at the time you lost Easter. and you look at all that stuff. I mean, I missed, I missed Easter. It's the first yeah. time I videotaped my kids looking for baskets. No matter how old they are, like we get baskets for yeah. them all that stuff on Easter. And it's like I videotaped it every year since they were, since they were born. This is the first year that I wasn't here to videotape that. I missed my son's 13th birthday. I mean, and you know, not poor me. No, we're here for Theo. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that miss all that kind of stuff. and On a regular basis, and they're not locked yeah, up. And, and, yeah, and, but you know, it's just like, it, it's just like, you know, people would be like, well, who you run with? You run with these guys or those guys? I'm like, 
Yo, bro, I, I run with the Segrinos gang, bro. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm a, I'm a I'm a padre and a sposo, bro. I'm a father and a husband, dude. That's what I am, dude. That's the gang I run with, dude. Like, like I ain't got time for these games. I got time. Like, I'm trying to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. dude, I don't need to posture. I don't need to anything. And then the worst thing is, I was the oldest guy in my cell up until about two weeks in. About three, three or four weeks in, I was the only the oldest dude in my cell. And then another dude showed up, and he was like 55. So I was four. I was the oldest in 49. The other dude. My boy Rudo was 48, so he had me beat. He was your age, so. But yeah, I mean, there's 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 a million things from it, and uh, I'm thankful for the weight that I lost because I'm no longer on my blood pressure medication and that go. kind of stuff. And uh, I'm thankful for, you know, my son being able to kind of step up and really take hold of the business. Um, thankful for your wife. I'm freaking. I'm gonna tell you now. I can't. I I would not be out if it wasn't for my wife. That's my that's 100 percent. My that. wife was like and, and my wife's not she's not she's not outgoing she's not she was well, not even that she, she's just not she's just not like she's not confrontational either uh-uh. since she had to do a lot of things that were way out of her comfort zone yeah, yeah. and i heard your mother-in-law tell her something yeah. that she mentioned because bill bill puts people in tough situations not intentionally he's not a, he's not with malice but like hey you gotta you gotta learn to do this you gotta right. you gotta you gotta step to the plate and do this kind of stuff and your mother-in-law told her, well, it's a good thing Bill always did that to you because like, it sets you up to do this here. Yeah, to do, to you know, do, to do to difficult do things. things. Yeah, because, you, know, you know, it's all worked out long, long-term the way to where it just it worked out. Like I said, I, I wouldn't be out if it wasn't for my wife and, and her tenacity. I wouldn't have got. I had money on my books. I had money on other people's books for me before my books were even open to get money. I had... I mean, not like it was a ton, but it was enough. I had to have them. I'm, 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 by no means am I bragging. What I'm saying is I had access to my telephone. I had access to a telephone because it was like once they said I wouldn't get a card for a couple of weeks, then it was like, okay, who's who's in here that we could put money on their card, that they could buy him a phone card, that they could, yeah. you know, let him use that stuff. I mean, that, those are the things. The biggest choker in there is the communication. Like you cannot communicate. Yeah. Like in the States, you can be on the phone all day, yeah. every day. I had to explain it to people like <clears throat> we have visitors no day. communication with him. It's not like he has the right to like call and go, hey, blah, blah, blah. And obviously when I was speaking to Megan, she's telling me things like, hey, please don't repeat. Don't tell people that. that right. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. And so mum's the word and nothing new to report is what I'd send out to people. Yeah. Because if it was told to be confidential, it stayed confidential. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was, I mean, I don't wish it, I don't wish it on anybody. Heck no. And, no. uh, and the bummer, the bummer is there's a, there's a lot of people in there that, uh, are in there because of a misunderstanding or an accident or something in that case. There's a lot of people in there that have had, you know, the most respect I had was for a dude who said, look, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. I'm not a good guy, bro. Like I got, I do bad stuff, dude. That's why I'm here, and I'm okay. I'm, you know, and I and I'm Respect not. Someone who speaks the and, truth, and I'm not gonna lie about um this, I'm that. Like that's just I'm a thug, bro. I've been growing up like this my whole life, and it is the way that it that's is. But knows. you know, that's it. So when we talk to most prisoners, they're all innocent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, so Shawshank I mean, lawyer, I mean, lawyer's at, at the end of the day, it was a it was a jacked up situation. Um, I never thought in my whole life it would happen to me. And uh, it's definitely, it's definitely made me appreciate the freedoms in our country, um, the the justice system we have here. As imperfect as it is, it's a million times better. Yes, you know what I mean. And so you know, because that's somebody was trying to ask me, like, 
well, what did you learn and, and, and what does you appreciate more? I'm like, I appreciate our country more. I appreciate our country. That, so much more. That you could, I mean, just even the, pri- like if you got to go to prison here, the prison here is like a hotel compared to I would there. almost think though, because of the, the the living situation you have there, there's more camaraderie, I bet, in that prison than if you go to these prisons where you hear it's like you can only talk to the white guys, the black guys, the brown guys. Like you well, get put in groups. Yeah, and but, like, yeah, but pump the brakes, bro. It's only Mexicans in that prison. Like in there I saw there was there was two black guys because there's there's a Haitian population that's moved in there. And one guy was a, a dude that was in there was a there was a guy who killed his killed his girlfriend. I was in the cell with that guy over at, at, in uh when we stopped in for medical for like making blood, good blood friends. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> well I didn't talk to him. He was just there in his orange jumpsuit because he was an intake and he was stitched up from his neck to his navel. And uh he's been through some stuff. And the only reason I, I recognize him is because you don't see you don't see African American or you don't you don't see black people in there like at all. And there was that dude I saw another dude about a couple weeks later, but everybody else in there for the most part is Hispanic or you get a white guy in there, you know, and most, like I said, most of the like white guy gringo guys are in there for like weed, weed or guns. Like they forgot their gun in the car or they're there for weed. They thought like, oh, it's legal. It's legal in the States. A small amounts legal in, in Mexico. But at any rate, it is what it is. That's the story. That's where I've been. Uh, I've missed my family dearly. We're back. Uh, we're back to normal now. Things are uh, things are rolling along, and uh, we're looking to be ready for more podcasts because you guys got a podcast coming out this Friday. So this Friday is gonna be Dave Conklin's podcast. So be ready for that one. You guys are getting an early drop on this Wednesday with this one. Just giving you guys up to where I've been. And, and a welcome back to Bill. Yeah, a welcome back. And if you guys want to hang, man, make sure you guys go to the VW Classic because I'm gonna be there. I'm going to be there on uh, June the weekend, 4th, the June 3rd, June. 4th, 5th. Right, 3rd, 4th, 5th. That's a whole weekend of everything. And don't forget the hotel we mentioned in the beginning. Skip back to the front. And I'll maybe put a link in the description of this podcast as to where where the hotel is and the code and all that stuff. And uh, most importantly, guys, don't forget for one crazy weekend, the third annual one crazy weekend is going to be taking place at the Orleans Hotel Casino. That is still happening. The discount code, you guys don't want to book your rooms. you got to book your rooms at least 60 days before the event. Yeah. So make sure because the, it's got to be a minimum of 30 days before the event, but I'm almost thinking it might be 60 because they got to block the room. So you guys make sure the, the room code is VWCJ22C, and that's for our third annual One Crazy Weekend. It's going to be taking place Friday, October 7th. Can you repeat at, that code one more time, Bill? The, VWCJ22C. Thank you. The, that's the discount code at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Uh, that's going to be for Friday, October 7th and Saturday, October 8th for the world famous One Crazy Weekend Poker Run. We're going to be uh, we're going to be doing a car show, car Saturday show, morning, poker run, and strip cruise, and man. general so, hang. Yeah. Yeah, general hang it, people listen it's such it is such a good time There's something man, for if you guys so yeah. i was thinking one thing Go that ahead. might be cool to do for like when you're doing the awards or something like that if people mm-hmm. are interested beauty pageant maybe instead of doing it in podcast form if you would put something live together to talk about your experience or if people would prefer it in a podcast because it'd be a longer format i guess yeah yeah well, well I, I mean i don't know i mean it, 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 i mean what we'd said tonight is just the absolute general basics of it. Right. You really didn't touch on like how there's a lot crazy there's the, the, the stay was. Well, stay tuned. Well, for brothers, the yeah. Let's talk prison po- podcast. Let's talk prison <laughs> podcast let's coming talk, up. Let's talk thugs. Well, you should do your regular ones weekly and then maybe do these. If you do the prison ones as like a bonus one each week. Yeah. I mean, if, if you guys want it, hit me up in my, uh, 
slide into my DMs and hit me up, or you can go ahead and just send me an email at bill at letstalkdubs.com. But don't forget to go to letstalkdubs.com and register for the one crazy weekend. We're hitting hard with flyers coming up. It was jam-packed last year. I think it's going to be even bigger this Heck year. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, you never had more fun with your Volkswagen, and you get to be part of I think I was going to reach out to Guinness Guinness Book of World Records. I don't think there's a world record of the most Volkswagens on Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> you know how they do that? They just make yeah, up something yeah. to have it, dude. Why not call it? Matter of fact, Uncle, you're in charge right, of that. Get yeah, a hold of no. Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records and see what it takes to get certified for the most Volkswagens on a street, on a cruise at one time and see if we can hold that record. But I'm telling you right now, I'm super looking forward to it, man. Uh, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for my freedom. I got my I got my home back, and uh, I'm ex- I'm super stoked, man, and looking forward to going to the Classic this year. I'm glad. Bill's 50th. Yeah. Don't forget that. Classic weekend, man. Oh, classic, Come yeah. say happy birthday to Bill. Yeah, classic weekend. Classic weekend at the Host Hotel parking lot. Yeah. Let's make it happen, people. And Bill will teach yeah, you yeah. how to make a prison shank. <laughs> Out of a toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a quick note: the toothbrush they give you, they cut the handle off. So the toothbrush. Well, there you, you go. Ever no tried brushing your toothbrush? You ever tried brushing your teeth with a three-inch like toothbrush? Yeah, bro, it's uh, it's terrible. We, listen, if you guys want to know the story, there'll be there'll, there's one story where I, I'm brushing my teeth and my toothbrush fell in the toilet. I'm not even, bro. <laughs> I'll tell you, I got stories for days, bro. Stories for days. So, uh, well, anything else we need to discuss? I think I want to send a shout out to yes. Uh, these are the people that that reached out to me that were that I was saying in constant contact. Tori Alonzo, Bob Daniels, Buddy Hale, Jarrett Lemley. Lemley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Critter. Justin. Um, George McCalluck. George McCalluck. Just people like anybody who reached out to me that that showed concern for my brother. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I yeah. really do. Yeah. And uh, and and George is on strict instruction not to say not to say boo. So. Uh, uh, I appreciate I appreciate everything I pre- listen I appreciate all you guys that were concerned when I got out my like it, it was crazy because I'd been in there so long without without I don't normally wear glasses but normally my eyes are trained to look at small print because that's what I look at all day if I'm looking at my phone or whatever and I got out bro and I was like I gotta cre- I gotta increase the text on this phone man I can't read it and then it was already at max and I'm like and my eyes had to just like then when I got it my DMs my my I had a ton of emails I had a ton of uh a ton of comments i had a ton of instagram uh messages i had i just had messages all over people like what's going on with the podcast what's happening with the podcast you know so <coughs> it's back and uh you guys should be ready for it. my voice is a little crazy because uh, i've just been i've been talking more in the past three four days than i've, than I've said anything in the past 60 so. and they burn their trash in mexico and that's all you can bring them for four weeks yeah. but yeah, whatever burn tires. Tires. <laughs> yeah burn, burn tires and all that stuff breathing that smoke so insane but until next week, guys, later. Later.